Hi, and welcome. I'm Z. And I'm Keith. And we're going to tell you about the movie that we just watched. But first, a little bit of a heads up. Some of the movies we watch deal with heavy subject matters. In order to talk about these emotionally delicate things and the heavy subject matters that we sometimes cover, we add humor and crude language to add some levity and to process our own trauma. If that doesn't feel fun or safe for you, we completely understand. Please take care of yourself first and foremost. And we spoil the end of pretty much every movie that we watch. Now you know. (laughs) On with the show. Tell me if you can figure out what I'm about to use. Text one for fentanyl. Text yes for where's Waldo? Ugh. I feel like I'm I, I feel like I don't use my inhaler enough. Sorry, I spoiled it before you could text. <laughs> I feel like I don't use my inhaler enough to get used to actually doing it right but I was like oh I'll do it after we record I'm like I'll just do it now like what weight on my discomfort like what the fuck yep I don't even I mean I don't exactly know what it is I just get this like really tight sensation in like my throat which sounds like my throat's closing up but it's not quite like that it just I feel like it's just like a very weird Mm -hmm. sort of like tightness and I use my inhaler, and it does help. But I don't know why. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> my doctor gave it to me, and I use it, and it helps. So I'm not questioning it. I just don't know. I don't know how it helps. I don't know why it helps. I don't well, know it's basically it a steroid, isn't it? I don't know. I don't know. I don't so think they're... Anti-inflammatory. Oh, maybe. Oh, <sighs> It just like yeah, it just helps me to, and it it's, it's not like I can't breathe. It's just like it'll make me have a panic You're trouble attack. Trouble breathing. Yeah, I'm really trouble breathing. <laughs> it'll make me have a panic attack because mm-hmm, because I I feel like I can't. Because um, you feel like you're having a panic attack. Yeah. No. Seriously. Yeah. It, I think I I will talk myself into oh I'm having a panic attack, mm-hmm. but like nothing helps it. If I do anything for panic, it doesn't actually help mm-hmm. it. So. I, I'm like, I don't know. And it'll go away on its own, but it takes like days sometimes mm. to go away. So it's not like, it's not like a thing where it's like, oh, if I just wait, it'll go away. It won't really, it doesn't really go away. And like sometimes it'll be weeks for it. Yeah. So I'd Boom. rather use an inhaler. I'm very proud better. of you for using it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. It's hard to, it's hard <clears throat> to when you've been raised to, I mean, there's a, <laughs> Like having, you know, not being, being someone who's indigenous, the doctors aren't always your friend, you know, like it's, it's hard, you know, there's a. Um, well, I don't think that's unique to being indigenous. <laughs> not indigenous, no, but like being non-white and like, there's a lot of, um, yeah, 
modern medicine isn't always helpful to people like people who aren't white. So like I grew up with... Not even that helpful sometimes to people who have vaginas. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So I grew up basically with the idea Birthing that... Birthing people. <laughs> the idea that... Oh, that's so gross. The idea that, um, you know, doctors were going to make you... You want to get sick, you go to a hospital. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, you like exactly. To say. Um, and so I, I never got help for anything ever. And it was just like, well, pray about it or take some herbs. And so as an adult, I wasn't until I was in my 30s that I was like, oh, I should maybe see a doctor. I didn't have a doctor until I was in my 30s. I didn't go to the doctor until I was in my 30s. And I'm not kidding. I like... I think until, I think before I was 30, I hadn't been to the doctor since I was like five or six. And I'm not being like, I'm not talking about like emergency room at all. It's not like that doesn't count. Like, no, none of that. Uh, It was until I was was over 30 years old. And so you can imagine (laughs) going to the doctor and being told that I'm not just dead already is kind of a miracle. (laughs) I haven't been there and it's like, who knows what's wrong with me? And they're like, oh, it looks good. I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, But yeah, like, so it's hard sometimes to take medicine because I was always kind of told that like medicine makes you sicker. So Mm. taking it, I'm like, no one can know that I take this. But then, you know, it helps me and I'm like, wait a minute. This can't be right. (laughs) Also, I do, I am, you know this, my doctor knows this. I, my body reacts however it feels like reacting to medicine sometimes. So it's not always like, this will help. It's just like, here you go, try this. And then my body will be like, hey, you're allergic to this. Or you can't stand up if you take this. Yeah. Like fucking gabapentin, I took it and I was like, wow, I would sneeze and then my whole face would start itching and I'd be like, that's weird. And then the next day I'd be like, okay, I feel okay. So maybe it's just like, you know, maybe I have to just get used to it. And then it happened again the second time and I was like, okay, maybe, maybe still I'll take it one more time. And I took it one more time and the next day I was like, oh God, my whole body, my whole body itches. And then they were like, and then Trev came and said, you also got bug bed, bed bugs, bug beds. You've got bug beds. <laughs> well, that's kind of what. Anyway, so we watched. Shout out to Trev. Yeah. True, a true, true. Uh, I was gonna say true blue, but I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means really. Faithful. Okay. This is my interpretation. Okay. Yeah, we watched A Rage in Harlem. I'd never heard about this before, as I said in the lobby. I'd never heard of this. Mm-hmm. You'd never really heard of it. You just had yeah. a, you had a DVD of it. And it was wild. Yeah. It was wild. It's a ride. It's, it, it's, a, it's a movie. Yeah. I did not expect the humor in it, the comedy in it. <clears throat> yeah. And apparently this was a big sticking point from <laughs> mm-hmm. reading about it that like Bill Duke, director Bill Duke, uh, yeah. was playing it very yeah, dramatically serious. and yeah. straight. Serious, which is easy to imagine. Also, yeah, why cast Gregory Hines in a very serious role? Like, isn't he like comedic? Isn't he like known for being a funny guy or cut up or whatever? I uh, I don't know. I always just associate him really? with like funny See, stuff. See, and I was yeah. surprised by uh, 
remember I commented on it. Yeah, you were like, like, I guess he's funny. Yeah. That's not my first association with him. I know he can do it. I just assumed that you had never seen him in anything before. Yeah, I... I can think of like two other movies maybe that I know that he's yeah. in. I, I tried maybe to say yeah, and this is what happened. I went, and just nothing came out. I was like, <laughs> anyway, sorry. When you mocked me the other day for mouthing along to you repeating something I had just said to you. I didn't mock you. I you just did. You commented. You were like a cat trying to Bury barf. Bury on a marble floor. Barf. No, different. <laughs> trying to barf at an enemy. Uh, it was, it was just funny. You're like, it, what what made it funnier was that you were leaned up against the fridge, so you're like elbows on the, you know, you're so tall, so your elbows on the top Toothpick of the hanging fridge, out my mouth. yeah, and you're just like, <laughs> and I was like, I wasn't mocking, swinging my pocket watch, watch <laughs> yes. my pocket watch, pocket crotch, shit, <laughs> there, and buddy, tub. um. And tubs. And they were roommates. <laughs> it was, yeah, I didn't really know. I mean, I, I read the about on IMDb because I'd never heard yeah. anything of it. And mostly I just wanted to see who was in it. And right. so many people are in this movie. Yes. <laughs> Everyone is in this fucking movie. The guy, I I know I knew that I recognized him, but the guy, I cannot remember. The guy that played her husband or her boyfriend or whatever. Yeah, Slim. Yeah. He was like, I was like, where do I know him okay. from? And yeah, something. it's something I wouldn't be able to recall just from memory. It's it's a cool. This is gonna sound stupid. It's a cool sounding name. In my well, opinion. it sounds racist. Oh no, he's a Zig Smoke is is Big Kathy. Yeah. Oh no, that's not. Uh, Badja like, Njola. Yeah, yeah, I knew there was like a J in there. Um. I was like, I know him from something, but he he was in that episode of X Files. I don't know if you remember, but I Not I knew exactly. That. I think it's like it has to do with like I don't know. It has to do the um. Oh man, hang on. I don't remember any X Files with uh, black characters. That's true. I know. Only today, and we watched it two days ago. Only today that I realized there's. Like, as I, I asked you, I was like, are there any white people in this movie? And you said, I think there's one uniform uniform cop in the background. Yeah. Which is exciting. Yeah. You know, not a lot of movies. There's an unfortunately small amount of movies that you can say that about. And apparently this got a standing ovation at Cannes Con Film Festival when hmm. it debuted there. I'm just going to keep getting higher until um, you read what you're going to. It's, it's not, I don't, I don't, it might not be the one I was thinking of, but mm. it's one of the ones where, yeah. Um, okay. Hold on. Sorry. It's IMDb. So. Um, enemies of a prison inmate who was executed in the electric chair began dying one by one. Do you remember that one? Like, they all start dying no. after... Okay, well, that's the one he was in. Okay. We'll see the one that yep. was... Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm like, oh, right. I have to know him from that because I've seen... X-Files is going to be the thing I've seen the most. But he was in Nash Bridges. 
he was I in. didn't recognize him. I'm sure I've seen him in shit, but I'm like, yeah. how do I not know this guy? Oh, man, he died. Yeah. Yep. Shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's in Mississippi Burning as Agent Monk. Oh, shit. He's in The Serpent and the Rainbow, which I want to see so bad. Yeah, so is uh, uh, the other guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the guy from Monk. Yep. Right. But this guy, uh, this guy, this movie had, um, like, so many people. Everyone is doing, like, a ridiculously... Stupid good yeah, job. Yeah. It was, it was, like, everybody, all the characters, all the people in it were, like, characters. And I don't mean, like... Yeah. Like, they were all, like, doing something to be memorable. Like, none of them were just phoning it in. And you don't see that in a lot of movies. Because this didn't seem like it had a crazy budget or a lot of, you know, like, it didn't seem like it had, like, tons of, like, it wasn't that detail-oriented. I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to, like, knock it. It just didn't seem like... It just didn't seem like it had the budget. And a lot of times when things don't have the budget, but they have like a larger cast, a lot of the background people will sort of get, yeah, you know, right. will fall fall yeah. aside or like their character. And that didn't really happen in this. It was like everyone was pretty. Yeah, it might be my favorite Danny Glover role. <laughs> this and Saw. <laughs> He's in that. Yeah, I you have seen Saw. You see Saw. And um, I say Saw thing. <laughs> His seesaw. The fucking dog. Every god. Yeah, everything. The, just down to that one scene. That scene was so. <laughs> when he keeps talking about when he's trying to pretend like he hasn't met uh, Robin Gibbons' character. Oh yeah. And he's like, he's talking I about the dream. I had a dream about you, and he's like, you gave me a. Box full of something. In this dream, a woman almost as fine as her is relaxing on the sofa with me, mm-hmm. trying to interest me in a box of. Uh, box of what? Let me see. I think it was candy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, come over here, baby. Come over here. <laughs> Uh, don't you love it when dreams come true? <clears throat> Damn, man. Slim. If your goal is as good as your taste in women, you all got a deal. I know. It was candy. <laughs> like, it's just, it's, and he's just, and she's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> but he just keeps doing that shit. And it's yeah. just like, he keeps going. And it's so funny. Just a needle slim, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, just to be like an asshole. And it's yeah. like, but it's not done in a way. Like, sh- her character doesn't seem bothered by it that much. Yeah. She's just like, oh, you know. And for whatever reason, that's what makes it funny. Is because he just keeps going on it. He's like, oh, I know you from a dream. <laughs> you know, he just keeps it. It's so fucking funny. Danny Glover being funny is all is kind of weird because he seems like yeah, such a big right. presence. Like he's got such a deep voice and he's so like tall and he seems like he could be very menacing and he kind of but so like when he is funny, it's that thing where you're like, ah, 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 like oh my god. Oh, you're that oh, you're that kind of person? Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> 
He just seems so intimidating. But he, I don't think he is. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, like, I he don't doesn't... Really, I don't know. That's how, that's, how I, that's how I read it. I mean, I think he can absolutely... Yeah, command I mean, some gravitas. Yeah, but, I more mean like he he seems like he can be intimidating is yeah, what yeah. I mean. Like he seems like he has the ability to just be intimidating and he doesn't. And so there's something about that that you're like, wow, okay. Like it's, you know, like not quite the same, but like Michael Clark Duncan, he was just <laughs> someone that he would like walk into a scene and he would like, he you knew that he could. And it's, I think Vincent D'Onofrio is like a same kind of thing. Like, uh-huh. you know, when you watch him in Criminal Intent, he's doing all of these things that like should be read as like very like aggressive, but they're not being read as aggressive by him. And you're like, ah, what? What's going on? Like, no, yeah, I think there's a thing, and I can relate to this a little bit. You know, I'm not a huge person, but it's definitely something about it is masculinity yeah, too. Right. But like, when you start to notice that, like, particularly physically large actors right when when they're mm-hmm. able to do tiny mm-hmm. gestures or yeah. like you can tell that they're aware yeah Self-aware. and i think a lot of that has to come from mm-hmm. being in the world that way yeah, right yeah. and like figuring out how not to just yeah how you how to mitigate your presence yeah. being threatening right yeah. yeah 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 and especially for black men you know right i think I, I and i thought about this you know once, I don't. I can't tell you which number, but which watch through of DS Nine about Avery Brooks. Where I'm like, so much of his performance is contained yeah. rage. You know what yes. I mean? Like even or joy. Even yeah. when yeah. when you see him like burst into laughter, you're yeah. like, oh my god! There's so much behind it. You can yeah. tell he's. It's just always. Yeah, yeah. It's really fascinating. Yeah, right. But I think I think that's that's what I mean. Is like. It it's a fascinating thing because it's like it's almost like with with Danny Glover, like you know that there's more there, mm-hmm. and it's not coming. It's kind of like that where you're like, oh, there's more that like y- there's a lot more to this than what we're seeing. Yeah, right. And you're just like, so it's like it's I, I guess intimidating might be the wrong word. It's not so much intimidating as like um like weighted. I think is more what I mean. Like. There's, it's a heavier right, you, performance than sort of the tip of the iceberg. Thing. Yeah, you know, there's yeah, a lot yeah, underneath. Yeah. There's a lot underneath, and, so and you're just that seeing, possibility yeah, is kind of you're like, whoa, it could go anyway. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's like it's it's it can be like intimidating isn't the right word, but I, I mean intimidating and as, as as like a intimidated by someone's like abilities, not like oh, I'm afraid of you right, kind of like thing. You're like, oh wow, like. Oh, I didn't realize. (laughs) Yeah, right. Oh, that's that's what's going on here. Like that kind of thing where you're like, oh, you have so much more range than I realized that you did. And so when he's funny, you're just like, oh my god, you 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 can do anything really. And it's like, so it's like seeing him in this. Like he's he's he does so well with like seeming kind of like so chill (laughs) about everything, and then when he's doing like. Oh God! The scene where he just keeps calling the guy a pussy. Oh God! It's so funny. That's the same one. It's the dog scene. It? Yeah, <laughs> it's it's right before the dog scene. It's so fucking ridiculous. Pop, go to Weasel. What you talking about, Slim? Pop, go to Weasel. Come on, Slim. We no. going too far for this. No. Pop, go to Weasel. That nursery school shit from Mississippi, chump. Chump. Yeah, chump. 
pussy. You don't know me that well. He mean nothing about it. Oh, pussy, get out of here. That's it. You can't be here. Come on, y'all. Pop, go to Weasel. Slim. Pop, go to Poor dog. Oh my god. What's the Peppy? Is the dog? Oh I my fucking god. I remember it's oh, Peppy shoot. because that's the same thing Michael Keaton calls his ding dong in multiplicity. Peppy. It's had my Peppy. Oh god, it's so terrible. Oh fuck. And this came out in like 91. I've never heard of it, but it has so many. Yeah. It has so many people in it. And I mean, yeah, I feel like I'm, I'm with you. I feel like Gregory Hines is someone that I know who they are and I feel like, but I feel like I haven't seen them in half the shit. Yeah. All I can think of him for is like, is it 48 hours? I was confused 48 hours in the stakeout movies, but stakeout is Richard Dreyfus and <coughs> yeah. Emilio Estevez. Yes, sorry. Ooh. The movie I'm thinking of is Gregory Hines and Nick Nolte. I think. Isn't it? No. Okay. He's not in. I think. I think you might. Are you thinking of? Are you thinking of a? Uh, Probably. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, oh God! I had his name, and then you started naming other people. Sorry. Forty-eight hours is Nick Nolte and Eddie Murphy. Oh, okay. Gregory Hines. I'm looking at he. He's in some cop movie, some cop buddy, some you know, black cop, white cop buddy movie. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't see anything like that. Oh, okay. Are you not thinking of um, Richard Pryor? <laughs> no, I'm definitely not thinking of his movies with <laughs> with uh, Gene Wilder, of which of I was toys. E- Just the toy. Yeah, the toy. That's yeah. I really want to rewatch that. It's going to be problematic AF. Oh, yeah. But I saw that in the theater. I'm pretty sure. Oh, Gregory Hines died too. I don't even remember that. When did he die? 2003. 2003. I'm just as upset as you are. Seven. I mean, I thought I. That's crazy. Also, White Knights. That's the only other movie I could tell you that I knew he was in. That has also Mikhail Baryshnikov. He was in Waiting to Exhale, though. Oh, oh, oh shit! Oh. Yeah, I have no idea. Oh, Deal of the Century. I've seen that. Ooh, he was in a music video for Michael McDonald. Oh shit! Sweet freedom. Uh, you're thinking of running scared, I'm assuming. Oh, tap! I also remember tap. Yes, that sounds correct. Gregory Hines and Billy Crystal. Crystal. Two street wise Chicago cops have to shake off some rust after returning from a Key West vacation to pursue a drug dealer who nearly killed them in the past. That sounds silly. <laughs> When is that from? Uh, it is from... Hold on, sorry. You always ask me as soon as I go, I leave, you'll ask a question about it as soon oh, as I is. have I left. 
86. I was a baby. I was a little baby. I was one. I was one. And Keith was 11 because he's perverted. Joey Pants is in that. Joey Pants. As well as Dan Hedaya <laughs> and John Grease. Dan Hedaya. Hedaya, whatever. How Jimmy Smiths. Oh, wow. Okay, so A Rage in Harlem is, starts with like a, a, a goal, a, a heist or, or like the after a they're heist. They're trying to unload Yeah, they're goal. trying to unload some goal. Or they're trying to like get money. They did a heist and the guy that was supposed, that they did the heist for is, it, is, it is described like. described how they got, where I don't it came from? Like a train or something like that. Okay. Um, because at one time she says, I planned the whole thing. Like, that's what she says. Okay. Um, but it's like a bunch of guys and like one one of the guys, Slim's girlfriend, played by Robin Givens. And they're dealing with like a white dude. And he is like, oh, I'm just going to. And it's like literally a trunk full of gold. Like, it's just gold. Like. Raw. Raw gold. Yeah. Mm. And. He's like, I'll give you $10,000. And they're like, uh, what the fuck? And he's like, that's all you're going to get. And so it ends up to where there's a big shootout. And I guess Robin Gibbons is like the only one that makes it or something like that. She runs away. She comes back for the, like, she, I don't know. It's a whole thing happens. She goes to Harlem. Chica- Harlem. Where? So I was like, Chicago. No. <laughs> Harlem. Shikarlem. <laughs> and she doesn't have any money. She just has like some, I don't even know if she has the gold with her yet. Cause she doesn't. Yeah. She has. The she has okay. Yeah. So she, Oh, that's right. Yeah. So she, um, she just has gold, but she can't like do anything with it. Right. Like she can't like pay for anything. She has to like, right exchange the gold for actual money so she oh yeah who's the what the androgynous woman that uh works at the hotel where she oh that's who it is no, no, i no, thought they were no, talking no, no, about no, no. big friend it's not oh. i'm making a joke oh oh, oh. yeah about i couldn't i couldn't figure it out lesbian i couldn't figure it out because there's there was nobody <laughs> That I couldn't see anyone's. Really? Yeah, I couldn't find her character. Oh, damn. Um, I can find the dog either, which is <laughs> don't do the animal actors that way. Anyway, so she doesn't really have any money, so she goes to the un- they they someone like gives her a tip to go to the Undertaker's ball where this guy, uh, played by Forrest Whitaker, is there, and he's like a really good. Christian guy or whatever who's like very innocent um and she like sort of picks him as a mark and then the I I know that the sex scene was supposed to be it had to have supposed to be funny think so if not it was horrifying like it was not I did not enjoy that at all like and I'm like poor Forrest Whitaker, you know, because he's playing like sort of the like bumbling idiot that doesn't know anything about sex. And she's like this hot, you know, fucking gorgeous person who has to get sewn into her dress for the fucking 
movie. So and, sick of it. <laughs> and like, it was the most awkward, uncomfortable, just the eye rolling that they kept showing was not, did not come through as eye rolling. It was really not, it was just not. All the slow-mo and shit. I didn't like it. I'm glad there was only one. <clears throat> and what's with the, I feel like this is a, happened in, set it off, I think. There's like licking down to the booty. Yeah. To the booty. <laughs> licking down. At least he didn't take his mama's crucifix or whatever and oh, drag yeah, it yeah, along. Oh, yeah, drag it down. Anyway. What's it gonna be? Because <laughs> <laughs> I can't pretend. How about the running bit of who's that on the wall? Oh, oh God. that's Jesus. That was so fucking funny. I know, yeah, no, I know who's the other guy. That's his I know mama. who Jesus is. <laughs> Everyone being like, that's Jesus. They're like, I know who Jesus is. Who's the other guy? That's his mom. Every fucking time. Very funny to me. The big Kathy stuff, I I couldn't tell if that was like I couldn't tell if <laughs> Because the way that they, because Gregory Hines' character and the big Kathy character, like, it was interesting because they seemed mm-hmm. like best friends or roommates. something else. Yeah. Or they were roommates. Yeah. And he kept saying, like, you know, after, spoiler, they kill big Kathy. And, like, Big Kathy is dressed as a woman for, like, the first half of the movie and then dressed as a man for the last half of the movie. But is still referred to as Big Kathy. Like, there's no yes. other name for this character. But they also always use male pronouns? Well, they do and they don't. Like, I don't know. I don't know if they do it yeah, first. Anyway. anyway. But, regardless, once they kill Big Kathy, Gregory Hines' character, who I can't remember. Goldie. Goldie is, like. Or Sherman. You killed the only person that ever loved me or like that I ever yeah. loved. And he keeps being R- like real family. Yeah, this was my real family. This one and I'm like, is am I supposed to be reading? Because like there's a couple times where they're like they refer to like they can they know that Big Kathy is like, you know, you kind of get the you know, the queer vibe going on and how everybody responds to Big Kathy mm-hmm. is like that freak, like that, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. I don't know. They say they say Fruit some cake. yeah. They say some <laughs> derogatory stuff, but B word. Yeah, but they don't. It Gregory Hines doesn't seem to respond to any of that, mm-hmm. and it, like his character doesn't seem to even be phased by any of that. Right. It's very interesting because I'm like, wait, I don't know how I'm supposed to read this. Not right. because I'm like, oh, does that mean he's okay with them? Call-? That's not really what I mean. But I'm like, they don't name it at all. So yeah. I'm like, I don't know if they're supposed to be really good friends or if they're <clears> supposed <throat> to be like. Yeah. I don't like. I kind of appreciated that yeah, ambiguity. No, yeah, for sure. I was just, it was something that I was like, you know, I, was, I wasn't really expecting there to be no, like yeah. ambiguity along those Yeah, lines. and it could have been done differently. There's a little bit, you know, there's more than I needed of, which the amount I need is zero, but yeah. some, isn't it funny that a man in a dress or like mm-hmm. there's a woman who punches a guy out kind of shit like that mm-hmm. weird yeah. physical, the yeah. weird. <laughs> yeah. Trans women are just as strong as men. Yeah. Stuff. yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like, <laughs> right. And yeah. I'm, I'm not saying they're not, but you know, it's, 
Well, any any gender is stronger than any other gender. It yeah, it's right. Not really, it's I, it, nonsensical. Yeah, but th- that's often a th- th- yeah uh, a, the trope. Yeah, meant to be funny. I.e., fucking what is it, Sebastian Cole? Yes, or in uh, IT Crowd when uh, oh god, Graham Linehan, just grow up. Chuck yourself into yeah. Uh, just go, just go home already. Stop. Yeah. You're embarrassing. Ireland should kick him out if they haven't. Everything should kick him out. That's what I'm saying. He's That's so not how you help people, though. <laughs> he's like embarrassing. Like, I mean, you know, he's he's a bigot and all that stuff, and that sucks. But he's in, like, he's he's to the point that like even bigots are like. So he's weird, right? Like, if I just love so... that his wife left him <laughs> because because of his shenanigans. <laughs> Imagine, oh god, oh god, what a fucking loser! God, what a fucking embarrassing loser! <laughs> like how? Oh, whatever. Also, he's ugly. <laughs> Thanks for creating some of my favorite comedies. <laughs> Yeah. From the 90s. I'm so pissed that he did Father Ted, because that shit's so fucking funny. And I'm like, damn it. And Black Books. Fuck! Black Books is so fucking funny. God! I mean, you yeah. can argue that's mostly Dylan Moran. Yes, it is so... Dylan Moran is... Dylan Moran has mm. such a sense of humor that is so unique. <laughs> Dylan Moran, run away home. <laughs> Move along home. Move along home. I knew I was <laughs> quite right. Run away home. Home, run away. Home, you're drunk. <laughs> Don't stay here. <laughs> I feel like suddenly I've seen in numerous places people being like, isn't it funny how uh, POV gets used now in the totally wrong way? Just suddenly I POV? feel POV? Like, yeah, the term POV. Like people doing POV videos or whatever, and they're obviously not from the point of view that is being described. They're from the point of view of watching someone do that. Thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's all. Chunk Chuck Chunk Tingle himself was chunk. even like, "Look at language evolves. Look at how that has changed in like a year's time, basically." Because yeah. <laughs> it's really hard. I I don't enjoy. I like POV in the sense of like watching something but i don't like pov in the sense of like a literal pov i yeah. don't like it right i don't no. enjoy that at all right because shaky cam well because shaky cam but also because i don't really it's always like pov getting your dick sucked and i really don't oh well enjoy that if that's where you're looking <laughs> that's what i most associate it with and like my pov is the worst pov possible in pov anything. you're sucking your own dick POV, like POV, looking down and seeing your own belly while someone's filleting you. No, that's okay. I don't really want that POV. Even like... So hot. (laughs) I try to avoid that that POV of my own. (laughs) Thank you Oh, that's why you're always looking around when we're engaged in that activity. No, that's why my eyes are closed and my fingers are in your eyes, so you can't see me either. I don't want any POV. He's a shy boy, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, she picks up 
Forrest <laughs> Whitaker. And they start a relationship. And then her boyfriend Slim shows up and he wants to scam Forrest Whitaker. And she like plays along because, you know, she doesn't really feel like she has a choice. I will say it's very unclear who, what her allegiances are. And that's kind of interesting because Agree. that's usually hard to do. But then the fact that she and Jackson end up together at the end is kind of like, uh, feels weird to me. I'm like, oh, she really did love him? Or is she just... Yeah, well, it's weird know. because she leaves and he goes after her. Oh, and that's it's right. just sort of that's like, right. oh. I'm like, well, I don't... I mean, you know, to each him's own, but I, I don't know. I feel like... It's basically the same ending as Desert Hearts. Oh, no, it isn't. <laughs> it involves two people in a train. Yeah. And one person getting on the train with the other person. So it is literally exactly the same. Flip-flop. Strangers on a train. I've never seen it. Me either. I just know it was the basis for throw mama from the train. What if the stranger on the train was your own mother? Would you then kill her? What if you sat on your hands That's until funny. it uh, they fell asleep and then gave yourself a hand job on a train? Then you'd be giving yourself this stranger. Give yourself a hand job on the train. Otherwise known as masturbating. <laughs> Give yourself a hand job. I was like, no, that's how you'd say it. What if you ran <laughs> ran a train on your hand on job? On yourself. You're just like. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Flip flop. Uh, uh, uh. That's what it sounds like because you can't see what I'm doing. So that's what it would look like if you ran a train on yourself. (laughs) 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 Fucking before the white man came, we had to run a wagon on your mom. (laughs) Shit was good. Just leaving out all the indentured uh, Chinese labor. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I want to say anyway. It's a good, uh, it's a good little heist kind of movie where it's like, yeah, it was. It wasn't. I was a little bit worried that I was going to start slowing down and I was going to get really bored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it, it, it like starts off with like a bunch of you know, it does that thing where it's like you know, a bunch of guys get you in get a, a fight burst of action, and, and then it's then... like a bunch of gunfire, and then it's like it slows down, and then you like kind of have to pick up from there. And so I was like, oh no, I can't. Yeah. I ho- I thought it was going to like kind of keep doing that over and over <clears> again. Because it kind of seems like it does that when, like, the they have the fake cops come. Yeah, yeah. You know, they, there's a lot of fake cops in this. And that was Which very, is great. Yeah. Um, the first one. The was, way they scam him with putting the money in the oven. Oh, God. <laughs> that was that was hard because they didn't really understand what was going on. Me either. And I was like, what's happening? This is my, this is my life savings. $1,500. And you want me to raise it to 15 Gs, right? Right. Uh, 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 are you gonna uh, change mine too? Uh, he did it for me last week. It's a miracle. A miracle? Really? Mm-hmm. This man's a genius. He gonna make us rich. He gonna be rich, goddammit. So that part was like, once that, I was like, oh, it's gonna slow down and they're gonna do the thing, yeah. you know. But it really, that's when it kind of starts to pick up. Yeah. And and then it doesn't really. It just keeps picking up from there, and it doesn't really like. It'll have moments where once it's not Goldie con- it's not and Jackson yes. team up. Yeah, then it gets pretty good, 
And I, I was a little bit worried that it was going to be like, yeah, not good. I, I did like, I what I did. I thought I wasn't going to like it, but when they <laughs> send Jackson in, when they send Jackson into the bar to talk to that one person, yes. they give him all these very specific things that he yes. has to do, and he doesn't do any of them. Yes, but still succeeds. Yes, I enjoyed that he succeeded in that, and that it. it yes, I enjoyed how quickly it went wrong. And the fact that, yeah, and it was just like (laughs) everything he did was exactly the opposite. But like you didn't think it was going to because it's Jackson and he seems so, he's like, I don't drink. But what I, what makes it work is the framing device of Big Kathy and Goldie betting. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like trying to see how quickly it's going to succeed or fail, you know, that was very funny to me. I don't know how much money you owe me now. Also during that whole part, which is kind of just the last. Yeah. Third, at least, of the movie. Big Kathy always is going with whatever Jackson. He's like, he's in love. I don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever he says. Yeah. I I was, I was, just, I thought, I thought Big Kathy was, was going to make it. And yeah, so that was that hard. Was, that I, was hard. I didn't enjoy that. I didn't, yeah. I didn't really enjoy Big Kathy's departure. Yeah. Um, that was not <clears throat> my favorite Um not just for the queer aspect, but especially for the queer aspect. Also, it was a great character, and I think they yeah, worked well. Absolutely. I think all three of them had like a really good chemistry. So, Agreed. like it, it was. I was like, damn it. Um, but thankfully, it wasn't. It didn't. It didn't go on for too much longer after. <laughs> after <laughs> after Kathy, Kathy kicks, it, kicks yeah. it, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, it was. It was a very interesting. It was different than I thought it was going to be. It, I was expecting it to be a lot slower paced than it was, and I was expecting it to be very plot heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, Which and it is. It's, it's not. It's not that it doesn't have a plot. It's just like, like I was saying, like there's so many yeah. characters in it <laughs> that you that almost the plot is it feels almost secondary to the rest to what everyone is doing, but it doesn't feel like it takes a like you don't feel like you're yeah missing right. Like a um, you don't feel like oh this shouldn't be and happening for me. Like, that's where the, all the humor and for the, sure. and, exactly. the, and the the vibe. I don't know the the chemistry yeah. between everybody on set. Correct. clearly comes through. Right. Like everybody's really able right. to. It just seems yeah. I it was, feels very improvised. I was actually kinda. I don't know why I always get surprised when like a director who is an actor that I that I've I know and have seen. <laughs> direct something and then they're not in it. I was expecting him to be oh, in yeah, it at yeah, some yeah. point. And I was like, he's not even, there's not even a cameo. He no, wasn't I don't in think it he, at all. I, I, like, I don't think he crazy. does that though. Yeah. I always expect that. Anytime a director isn't in it, I'm like, what? You're not even going to be in a little tiny, you're not going to be the bartender being like, another round? You're not going like, to do the yeah. Shyamalan? Yeah, exactly. You're not going to be a, the fucking reflection in a mirror and that's all anyone <laughs> sees of you, you know? Like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, that was I was like oh I, I don't apparently say one of the screenwriters though who was an actor before oh yeah he's one of the uh, Slim's guys <sighs> he had never written a script before wow he was approached by the person who purchased the right to the no- rights to the novel wow to write it do a treatment of it that's crazy <laughs> that's cool yeah. Yeah, and I guess there's two other. Uh, so the cops, Gravedigger, and uh, I forget the other one. Yeah, I can't remember what the other. One. But they are. Uh, 
There's, these are a, ser- they're a series of books. And right, two yeah. of the other books were made in the 70s in the films. Yeah. But they were written in the 50s? Like 60s, I think. Well, I think this one was written in the 50s and the other ones, other ones were written in the yeah, 60s. Yeah, it said this one took place in when it was written. So whenever. Right. In 50, yeah. 56, I yeah. think is what I saw. That was unclear to me. And as we said in the, as I said anyway, in the lobby, I was expecting it to be set during Prohibition times. Yeah. And then in 1977. <laughs> uh, but it is, so I was surprised that it, I was like, oh, is it the 40s? Because uh, right. I was just going by the cars. I feel like, right. I feel like, I think, like, what I enjoyed about this, and it didn't really. Like, I, anytime there's a movie and I'm watching it and it's, like, all white people, I'm like, uh, this yeah. feels weird. Yeah. Just because I'm like, where, I, uh, no one in this is not yep. white. But, like, I was watching this and it didn't really register that there were not really any white characters. Yeah. Um, Like you said, you didn't even realize it until today. But, like, it's really... Like, it's unfortunate how that feels like a surprising thing yeah. and how it feels like, I mean, there are movies like that, of course. Mm-hmm. There's a lot, like, black cinema exists made by and for black folks. I I don't have as much familiarity with it sure. because it doesn't get into the mainstream as easily, right. which is why we wa- we try to look for movies that right. maybe aren't going to be as mainstream like this one that I'd never fucking heard of before. But it has like fucking Gregory Hines and Forrest Whitaker and Danny Glover and directed by Bill Duke. Like all these people. Right. It's like, what? How have I never heard of this movie right. before? And it's not like they were unknowns. Right, exactly. <laughs> right. I'm like, um, what? So you know, it, it's it was it's really interesting to watch it, but it's like it's it's always very wild to me how like it there's never like people say the thing of like um representation matters mm-hmm. and i think it it ma- i'm not arguing with that point at all but i'm uh, it doesn't just matter to the people who see themselves in film but it also matters to people who don't see people like that in their real life absolutely and I don't I think it's like so wild that like there can be this idea that like having like black only or or mainly black casts or indigenous casts or any like anything like that mm-hmm. is gonna take anything away from from anyone. And I'm like, it's not gonna not make you money because whereas a a mainly white film can feel very like it can feel like you're cutting off audience an audience from it if it's right. like only white people it right. feels like there has it, that has to be on purpose mm. but like an an all black film doesn't have that same energy to it right you know and it's it's not going to because it's going to be made with different intentions because Correct. an all white film is going to be made from the perspective of like we don't want diversity. We don't yeah. want people regardless of, color. of intention. Exactly. It's and and a, a film 
made with mostly black actors or only black actors or a film made with with all indigenous actors or whatever. It's going to be like we had to search and find these people. We looked really hard. We, we there was so much intent there will be yeah. so much intention behind it that's like trying to find the right people, not like trying to not find people. You know, I don't know. There's right. just like an openness to it that isn't there for something that's like an all white cast and or like an all white project, you mm-hmm. know. And it, I think I think personally, like people talk well, about Well, the fact that a, an all white cast happens all the time without Correct. anyone meaning for it to Correct. it just happens. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> I feel like diversity, like people people poo-poo diversity and they're stupid and ignorant, but what I like I feel like to I feel personally like you have to try not to be diverse. Right. Because there's never like I've never had a job where I wasn't working with people who were different ethnicities and different backgrounds and like all kinds of stuff like that. And like so like it seems like if you're doing something like a film or you're doing something and everybody like all the crew all the cast, all the people, I'm like, they're all white or like there's very few or like anybody that's like person of color is like paid less. I'm like, that has to be intentional. It, it just has to be because we're not in a place where there's like, it's, it's almost a myth that there's like more white people than anything else, you know, in certain places. Oh no, we're know. being replaced. Right. <laughs> and, and no, but it is, you know, and I've talked about this concept. I brought it up many times. But at this point, I feel like since I heard of it, thanks to FD Signifier a couple of years ago. And then last year, or this past year, I think, I finally listened to Racism Without Racists. I'm sorry, I can't remember the author's name. Eduardo Bonilla Silva. Uh, the idea of white habitus is that yep. as a white person, it is possible for you yes. in certain, in right. yes. many places across the U.S., to especially suburban contexts, yeah. uh, never see a person of color. Yeah. And, and I can relate to that. I mean, yeah. I, you know, it's not my experience directly, mm-hmm. but right. it's definitely like it, f- by the time I got to high school and, you know, like there were black folks at school, yeah, yeah, yeah. like yeah. I hadn't really, I hadn't. Yeah. It was always, it, that was like something where, I mean, I don't want to say it was intentional on my mom's part. My mom just, my mom's not white. So my mom was always very intentional, like not right. to live in places that were only white. And so she would very, very like intentionally be like, we're not going to be in an all white neighborhood. We're not going to live in an all white, you know, because it's just, we're not going, I'm not going to feel safe there, you know? And I've, I was always raised with a notion of of a lack of whiteness in you know so i had like a slightly different upbringing than most people get um who are white obviously um or even white passing like a lot of times Mm -hmm. you still are raised with that like oh you look white you're safe you know it was like you're not white you need to not put yourself in that category you need to not put yourself in it sort of like always made me aware that things were going on Right. around me when not everybody is, you know? And so, um, I always grew up, 
you know, I had black friends. I had, you know, hell, half my family's, you know, like there's like both, uh, blood family and, you know, found Mm. family that are, you know, black and indigenous and all this shit. So it's, it's not something that was, you know, I don't want to be like, oh, I was colorblind. It wasn't like that. It was just like, Mm. I was always around people of all types of ethnicities, of all kinds of backgrounds. And that was always something that was like important for us as a family of like, and it wasn't just about like, you know, to be diverse. Like that wasn't really something that it was about. It was mostly like people without a family deserve a family. And so anyone that doesn't have one deserves, you know, should feel comfortable to come to us. So it was always presented like that. It was always like, you know, you know, family. It was always like, these people are family. These people are family. And so when I moved to the Midwest in my (laughs) twenties, like, I would meet people who were like, oh yeah, I never was around black people before. And I'm like, you what? What? And they're like, yeah, you know, I just didn't really go to school with anyone. And I'm like, why? I'm like, what the fuck? It was, it's so, I'm like, but why? I was so like, and even like when I lived in Vegas, like there's a lot of, um, like there's a lot of, there's a larger Mexican population in Vegas than, you know, than what I was used to in Florida, you know, in oh, okay. Florida, it's like we lived in a black neighborhood in Vegas. Our next door neighbor was from Mexico hmm. and you know, so like we just hang out and have tamales sometimes, <laughs> you know, like they'd bring us tamales Fuck on yeah. things. They gave, they, every Thanksgiving they would bring us tamales. Oh, I miss them so much. Anyway, they would just be like, we were making this happy Thanksgiving and we'd be like, Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Their whole family would come up and they would make tamales for their whole family. And then they would bring us a plate of- Somehow have leftovers. Right. I'm like, oh. Anyway. So like I always was around people, you know. So like whenever people got weird or would act like, like, I, you know, like, oh, how do you- I'm like, what? What? What's going on? Like, why? What is going on here? It's So I feel like, you know, the, the thing that keeps you from- from being around other people from from having any kind of diversity is like a very I don't and I'm not trying to be like I'm superior and like I'm just better but I feel like you there has to be some and whether it, it's it's maybe it's unconscious but there is some part that is doing that on purpose. Mm-hmm. You're separating yourselves on purpose because you think black people well, don't exist about- in the fucking Midwest. Like, of course, there's like, you know, I think um, like there's certain states that have like a larger white population than anything else. Of sure. course. But it doesn't mean that no one else that is like no, yeah. that no other ethnicities. No, but if you look there, at like, yeah. I mean, that's the whole point of gentrification, right? Right. Yeah. It's not just about uh, right. income. Right. It's very specifically to push out right. communities of color because right. that right. makes it safer. Right. Oh, yeah. Which is so, yeah. I Because it's not just black right. communities. No, no, Although no, no. more no. often than not, it, it is. It is, yeah. It, those are the, but, I feel like those are the communities that are hit the hardest, yeah. but those are not, not the only com- communities that are hit. Yeah. 
to your point, like I grew up with a lot of Latina folks. Yeah. Around. Yeah. yeah. And my first wife included. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not saying they weren't. There was a lot of fucking racism around oh, it. Right, you know, right. they may as well have, as, from the perspective of how white the white my the white people in my family talked yeah. about them, or yeah. that I was around for yeah. the most part. And they may as well have been. They were almost as bad. Oh right, 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 right. As yeah. black folks, right. I love I love when people say shit like that. You're like ah, uh, what? <laughs> but to me, yeah, it was more strange to hear. You know, I would hear slurs for Latina folks more than I would hear, like, if somebody brought up the N-word, I was like, what are you talking about? Who are you talking about? Yeah. Well, that was like- Who are these mystical, right. mythical <laughs> creatures, mystical, mythical, yeah. magical creatures that uh, you <laughs> well, speak of? Well, that was the thing. Like, I, it was very, like, I grew up around, like, very heavy racism, like, very heavy. Sure. But it was like- and I'm not saying there wasn't like <clears throat> unconscious bias in our my family or anything like that, but we were like not allowed. Like you were not allowed to say shit. Of, like you were not to, allowed to say anti-black shit. Mm. If you if you even imply that like black people were like, if you said no, absolutely not, you would get absolutely you would get ripped in. You were not allowed anything like that. So I grew up knowing well, if racism was prohibited. <laughs> then the only way, the best way to rebel would be to re- be to racist. <laughs> So, like, I grew up thinking, like, oh, this is a very bad, like, it's very bad to be racist. I grew up with that mentality. And so many people were, like, grew up with, like, like, I grew up being afraid that I was going to do something racist, being afraid that I was going to act racist, not wanting to perpetuate racism and and understanding that it was so bad and the awful shit, but being really young and not understanding how any of it worked. Like, I didn't know, I didn't understand systemic like racism, I didn't understand any of that. I didn't understand, but I knew that cops were bad. Mm-hmm. I knew the cops were racist. I knew the cops did a lot of essay on people. Mm. I knew, you know, like there were stories that I heard from people that were like cops were scary and like, you know, I didn't want to perpetuate racism. And so it was like when you grow up in the South, there's a lot of like this they don't mean it like that kind of racism. Oh yeah. Right. And it's, I think that's where the worst part, like people will talk about how like things are like the worst part of racism, the worst part of like any kind of bigotry is when you allow it because you've given up Mm. saying anything like Oh, they're just old. They they can't learn any better. Oh my god. They're just they're they're just like that. You can't really, you know, that's just what they believe and there's so much of that. And I, you know, this was uh, this was like a point that like I never knew how to address like mm-hmm. and and this is not me like condemning or anything like that, but like a lot of black folks feel that way in the south. And you know, they're just like, well, you know, that's just how people were were raised. They're not racist. They just don't like black people because they were taught not to. And mm-hmm. I'm like, that's <laughs> <laughs> that's racism. Oh, I'm like, sure. but they, they'll be like, it's, it's more of a, like, I'm not saying they should be doing the work or something like that. I just mean <laughs> like, but that it's like, you can't, you can't combat it. You know, you can't, what are you going to do? Yeah. You know, but then right. white people will be like, right. Yeah. What are you going to do? 
they were well, just sure. raised that way. Of and course, it's like, no, 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 you don't get to say that. Yeah, right. You don't get to do that, you know? Like, but like, it's so, like, I, like, my sister one time was getting like in an argument with a black guy because she was like, over like what, whether or not someone was racist because she was like, this person is racist. And they're like, no, they're not. They're just taught not to like black people. And she's like, that's racism. And he's like, no, it's not. And there's like, we're just arguing back and forth because it's like, there's sort of this, I mean, it's been 20 years since I've lived there. So, you know, it, I don't, I, it, maybe things have changed, LOL. But it's like, there's this idea that like, it's hopeless. Mm -hmm. And, and that's, and, and in that hopelessness is not where you find the most horrendous racism. It's actually where you find the stuff that's just microaggressions and mm. things that are things that also happen in the Midwest, in the Northwest and, well, sure. you know, whatever, like it happens all over the U S mm. and everywhere else is just people saying things like, well, that's just how they are. Mm -hmm. And people don't, want to do any they don't want to combat against that they don't want to say anything because like well it's too much work because you know then i'll have to like explain that like what they're saying means this or what they're saying implies that and it's like yeah because that's what they're saying and that's what they're implying mm -hmm. but like that's where like the most pervasive i think stuff happens and like i a lot of times people associate the South with like the really bad stuff and that can happen in the South, but like the bad stuff that happens, like the most pervasive sort of like racist shit is the stuff that gets said and done behind closed doors, which is the same thing that happens here. And like, that's, yeah. People and don't I've that. heard, you know, yeah. I, again, you know, I'm not, it's not my experience. So I, I haven't, mm -hmm. I'm not going to judge on it, but I've heard, you know, more than one person of color talk about, say they prefer the overt white racism exactly. of the South versus the yes. covert racism exactly. of everywhere else. Right. And I'm not, and I understand that because like that, it, it's such a very scary thing to encounter Yeah, because someone will be like, oh my God, racism bad. And then they'll see something like, you know, they'll have like some idea that's racist and you're like, that's very racist. I'm like, no, it's not. It's just a fact. You know, and yeah, you're like, right. oh, this is scarier because you think that you're not racist and you're doing this anyway. Yeah. Or all the yeah. other, you know, colorblind, oh, well-intended yeah. shit that white middle-class liberals do. That's another that thing. That is finally, I feel like, right. starting to right. get critiqued. That's another thing. I, I wasn't until I was like, because there, there is a sort of like when you grow up around heavy racism there's stages to get to, to yeah, unlearn sure. it. So the first stage is you're like, why do you have to state when someone is black? Mm -hmm. like, why is it more important? Like if you're saying this, I talked to this person, you don't say if they weren't black, you don't say that they were black. If they weren't Mexican, right. you don't say that they were Mexican, right. but if they were, then you state it. Mm -hmm. And it only seems to be when someone like isn't white that you like mm -hmm. mention. And so you're like, why are you doing that? Yeah. And then you right. quit, you know, like, oh, and you, and a lot of people get to that point and then they're like, I've fixed it. I've solved racism. Just don't mention anyone's race and you're not racist. Exactly. And they never move to the next mm -hmm. step, which is like, well, you know, 
why do we do it with anyone? Like, why are we doing Mm -hmm. this? You know, like, okay, what are the systemic reasons? Why? What are the larger issues? Where does it come from? And like all these bigger, bigger questions. But like they hit that step, that first step of like, why is it important to say that they weren't black? Mm -hmm. And then it's like, gotcha, solved it. And then Mm -hmm. they, they stop. And it's like, oh, you you just stopped doing the work. It's not that you... I can't operate on this man. He's my son. <laughs> you know, it's like, I, I like I watched it <laughs> happening. Like there was yeah. this girl, like, you know, I knew her when she was a little kid and she was like 17 and I was like one of my trips back to Florida and her mom was saying something about someone and her mom was like, oh, I saw this guy. I was talking to this guy at the store. He was black. And she's like, why do you have to say that? Why do you have to, why do you have to? And she's mm-hmm. like, why is, it's not a bad thing that he was black. She's like, right. But why do you feel the need mm-hmm. to say it? Why do you have to say it? Because if I don't, when, you'll assume they're white. Right, exactly. And she's like, well, you didn't say that like that person, went, you know, and she was just like having this conversation with her mom, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, and, and there was like a back and forth, you know, that was happening. And I was like, oh, oh, this this is why people do that because that's the first step. Yeah. You take the first step and then you're like, I no longer have to do the work. Like you take the first step and you, all you're seeing is that you're less racist than your whole family. Right. And so you don't, there's no further steps to take. Well, and also I no, think what you're yeah. pointing out too is that person had, that was it as yeah. far as the discourse Correct. was going or the, yes. Yes. like there was no, there was no further, next step Correct. after, Correct. after why do you do that? Or right. like, yes. there's no like, why do, does that happen amongst right. white people who right. don't intend to be racist? Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's no, there was or no further. Like, and you know, the, she was <laughs> young, she was young. Sure. And I think it happens when you are, you know, being, you're realizing that like family that you have are like, you know, yeah, you're yeah. like, oh. <laughs> it feels very like I'm a teenager who's discovering politics. Correct. Kind of. Yes. And it's, which is great. And that's awesome. But. A first step is a first step. Right. And, you know, I haven't seen her since then. So I don't know where she's at. I don't know. She's like, now I know why you I'm mentioned sure everyone's race. I'm fully yeah. ascended. <laughs> so anyway, um, I all I'm trying to say is like, I, <laughs> all of that to say, I appreciate black films. Sorry. Um, no, like I think it's it's so weird to me when people make it about like a, like a black film like cuts off a white audience because like I can watch a black film and I don't feel like I'm not. Yeah, man, it's it doesn't it's, feel like that. It's a similar thing. I that, feel more cut off when I'm watching a white film. I'm like, what? Yeah, especially nowadays. People? I don't want. I cannot exactly. watch. I mean, we're doing it obviously, but I'm not going to watch any new shows that. Or right. only focused on white people. Yeah. Like I <laughs> Right, 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 right. No, yeah. <laughs> like all the shows that I want to see are from people that I I know have a lot of I mean, even from a young age for me, like yeah. I'm like, no, I absolutely want to know what other people's yes. experiences are. Yes. Yeah. It's so boring here. <laughs> right. I hate it. Right. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. You know, like Right. Sure, there's diversity amongst my friends, even though we're all white boys right. or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But like, yeah. we have different class upbringings or whatever. But like, yeah, for God's sakes, please tell me what it's like coming up in a ghetto or being an immigrant. Like, yeah. I don't know. Exactly. I don't have that right, experience, right. Yeah. and I want to have some mm-hmm. window into it. Right. I'm not owed that, obviously. No, no. But, but I think I think there, you're not saying like you should be telling me this, but you're like yeah. I. If you are talking about it, I want to listen. Yeah. You know? And, like, that's something that's, like, so, yeah, whatever. Would you recommend this film? 
I would, yeah. Same. I think it's very, I think it's a very, it's very weird. I think it's a weird movie. And that's something that I don't think is a negative. It's a, it's a weird, I think the only thing that I, that I found disappointing and I, I, it's not really a critique on them other than the sex scene, (laughs) which I know I did not like, I stated that. The only thing that I found kind of disappointing was I was like, man, if this movie had like just a little bit better like set design, I think if it was like more aesthetic, this movie would have been like insane. Yeah, but I that's kind of I kind of like that about it. You're right, and then it doesn't feel like it has a huge budget, and yeah. it feels a little rough around the edges. Yes, yeah. I don't know where to put it. That's I not. Mean, yeah, none of that. I mean, you're right in that it's like feels a little dingy or something. Yeah, well, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it feels like a dirty. little bit. I no, mean, no, no, no. Like, it feels a little bit like it's it's not. It's not polished. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely some cinematic as shit stuff happening, yes. like. The sex scene, I don't like it either, but it's definitely <laughs> cinematic. It's doing some, some stuff. Choices were made. Yeah. 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 And at various times, there's other slow mo's and other choices yes. being made. Yes. And the fucking sex scene is bonkers. I think, yeah. But so those things about it are, make it more endearing to me or endear me to it. Like that yeah, makes like, it I'm more not, rewatchable. This is, this is what I'm saying. And I, I don't fault the movie for this. Like I don't fault mm-hmm. anyone for this because I assume it did not get money for the reason that we're saying it's an interesting and watchable yeah. film is because it's an interesting, strange movie starring only black people. Right. <laughs> but I feel like, Oh, I like, I just wanted there to be just a little bit more. Like I wanted the outfits and stuff to look a little bit more. Yeah. Right. Like, I feel like there's a... a I know a, it's because we just watched Malcolm X last year, but uh, it, I just immediately was, because of the time frame, the, thought the, of the opening sequence. Same. The, 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 all of the, like, basically, once, once they get past the Undertaker's ball, none of it reminded me of Malcolm X. Yeah. But up until that point, I was like, damn, this movie is just like <laughs> yeah, making yeah. me think of that over and over. And they come out the same year? Yeah, something like that. Malcolm okay. X might have been 92, but... Yeah. I was thinking Mega Max might have been 90. No, I thought it was. More accurate on this. Well, not always. Not always. Anyway, I just wish that it. 92. I was right. (laughs) I was right. (laughs) I I just mean like the outfits feel a little bit like not quite right for the time and yeah, i think that's her dresses uh, yeah. like, i don't know they, they were fine <laughs> but i felt like there was just something they were like a little too i don't know they were a little they looked good on her but i felt like they went more for like how do we make her look as hot as possible right as opposed to just putting her in clothes that look like they were from that time agree which i think that would have made her look hotter Yes. Also, yes. So, you know, that was the only thing where I'm like, I know what you're doing and I'm not faulting you for like wanting her to be the focus, but I think yeah. you could have done that without like trying to like put her in things that didn't quite feel like they were made at this time. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just, mm-hmm. and again, mm-hmm. this is not me saying, so the movie's unwatchable or no. like, but that's, that was the only thing that I felt a little disappointed in, but it's not enough to like not watch the movie. Or no, no. I, I had a lot of fun with it. Yep. In ways I did not expect to. Yeah. Same. Um, and man, well, second film we've watched where Forrest Whitaker gets a hood put on his head. Not my favorite thing. Is this in right, his contracts? Yeah. <laughs> but also, I'm starting to appreciate him in a new way. Like Same. Yeah. Anything I see him in, I'm like, oh, he's just in a different movie. He's one of those yeah. actors yeah, that yeah, 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 he's yeah, in yeah, his yeah. own world. Yeah. And the accent that he did, yeah. again, what? 
Like oh, it's the it. same as same as a crying game where yeah. I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you? What 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 Anyway, I have a package. Right, the, is he uh, supposed to be Trinidadian? Is that what it is? Something like that. Can't remember. In crying game, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. So you have a package. Yeah. Oh, okay. Downstairs. If you know what I mean. Uh, sorry to make it about politics, yeah, guys. I know. I know you came here to we, for uh, <laughs> plot synopsis. And I know that you listen to the show for the most relevant takes on black films. That too. <laughs> and you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Did you know that racism exists? Because we're here to tell you it does. <laughs> you heard it here first. Trying to remember if there's anything else I wanted to bring up. I'm sure there is, but we won't remember until we hit stop. Because yeah. that's how it goes. Congratulations. I'm excited for The Last Dragon. <laughs> that's going to be insane. It's going to be fucking insane. <laughs> anyway. Time did. That's a whole fascinating thing to me that... I mean, it's just... <laughs> Several worlds that are not mine, that yeah. I, so I don't know how to approach it or feel like I am I can, but like yeah. the uh, like martial arts movie to black cinema and like the contemporary like anime in 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 African American yeah. culture yeah. stuff is I'm like oh it's so fascinating yeah. to me. I don't know what to. Yeah, I have no comments. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> cool. Yeah, keep it up, guys. I guess. I'm you mean what do you I'm mean for you? My drop bombs, bitch! I drop bombs, and if you bring a forty bottle to battle me, I'll just punch you in your face. Then do the Harlem shake, 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 shake. So I can sell your Michelob, you can sell your cell phone, rap about minute plans, nights and weekend. Put us on your TV, oh we got credibility. All of our teeth plus, we're not too menacing. I can sell your Michelob, Kirk can sell your cell phone, rap about minute plans, nights and weekend. Put us on your TV, oh we got credibility. Even though we're black, yo, we're not too menacing. I can sell you Michelob, he can sell your cell phone. I can sell you Michelob, he can sell your cell phone. I can sell you Michelob, he can sell your cell phone. Yo, we're not too menacing. Yeah. To the booty.